millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Caged In Presents Coppola Connections. You join us for a very special Coppola non-connection episode, something that will be explained all in due time. You may you may be looking and thinking, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom does not have a Coppola connection. Well, we get all into that. Um, we're just, we're just uh, uh, jumping on the bandwagon of all the Jurassic chat at the moment so uh this is a very fun one though i spoke to not one but two guests uh will chich and russell bailey who uh put out an amazing series called jurassic park connections where they look at films that are kind of tangentially linked to the original jurassic park so looking at the key players and where they went or what they did before making jurassic park um that's a lot of fun this episode is a lot of fun as well it goes to some weird and wonderful places and one of the places it does go is into spoilers we spoil this film bloody rotten so uh be warned go watch it now if you can i'm sure you've probably already watched it in your rewatch that you're doing for dominion so uh yeah enjoy this one is this is a lot of fun so i guess all that's left to do to head back to the island what for the for the fifth time it's time to round up those raptors um i don't know get those spinosaurs to safety teach a t-rex how to love as we make some copula connections or not in this case <laughs> right sit back enjoy my conversation with russell bailey and will chich So, uh, what are you dating like an accountant now? Or? Owen. Ventriloquist? Stop it. You love a dummy. This is not why we're here. You can blame me. Try to shame me. I know why we're here. A rescue op. Save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. <laughs> Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? 
these creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're going to be here after. You know me. Life cannot be contained. Life breaks free. Life finds a way. Today we're hitting an auction to see if we can get a bargain. The action blockbuster sequel, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, released in 2018, directed by J.A. Bayona, written by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow, starring Chris Pat, Bryce Dallas Howard, Daniela Pinada, Justice Smith, Rafe Spool, James Cromwell, Toby Jones, Jeff Goldblum, E.D. Wong, Ted Levine, and Isabel Sermon. I often find myself asking, was I too concerned if I could cover this film, whether I should cover this film, seeing as there's no Coppola connection in front of or behind the camera. So why are we here today? A, like the Fifty Shades saga, John Schwartzman is cinematographer on two entries in this franchise. Uh, the previous film in the franchise, 2015's Jurassic World, and the 2022 final chapter, Jurassic World Dominion. And B, like this franchise, I want to milk as much content out of the teat as I possibly can. Joining me today are two men who live and die by Jurassic Park, Ian Malcolm and Alan Grant to my Ellie Sadler this episode it's only the hosts of the not just for kids jurassic park connections mini series russell bailey will chitch how are you fellas it's great thanks mate thanks for having us how are you russell yeah i'm grand i'm very excited to talk jurassic park jurassic world stuff always happy to talk dinosaurs well i know you got you guys are planning like a kind of whole whole franchise retrospective right is, is, is that on the cards is that uh, yeah we're, once we have watched the new one we're gonna do an episode where we talk about all the sequels amazing, amazing. are you like what like yeah let's kind of get this out of the gate uh, at the start what are your i don't know maybe maybe this isn't the right time to talk about this because <laughs> it, it might it might spoil our opinions on this film but like if you can park your opinions on this film and answer this question start with you here will like are you excited for dominion and what are you kind of excited about it if you are yeah i'm excited i'm trepidatious but i'm excited um obviously 
the legacy guys are coming back. Who does want to see that? Sam Neill, Goldblum, Dern. But yeah, I am excited. I'm going to see it on Friday. Tickets booked. I'm taking nice. the boy. But again, I'm trepidatious. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think we've got a little, a little, a little hint as to what you think of the uh, Trevoro Bayona True. legacy upon this franchise. What about yourself, uh, Russell? Are you are you ex- yeah? Are you, ex- are you excited or like will you trepidatious about Dominion? So I feel I shouldn't be excited, but I am excited. And I, when the trailers play, there is that part of me that is so excited that more dinosaurs on screen. I could watch a dinosaur film every year. I don't know why we don't get a dinosaur blockbuster every single goddamn year. But uh, parking my opinion on this film and the rest of Jurassic World, there hasn't been a sequel for me that has ever quite matched Jurassic Park. And I'm not sure I think Dominion's going to match it or come close. But there's stuff in all of the following films that I like. Like, mm-hmm. I like some more than others. I watch all of them every year, multiple times. That's the thing. I just, because there's so little dinosaur content out there. And really, I want that more than superhero content. <laughs> I've watched these films a heck of a lot. Like, I watched the two Jurassic World films today, having already watched them this year. And I'll probably watch, like, the other two sequels at some point before friday because i'm seeing on friday my we've palmed my kids off with my parents and me and my partner are going off to see this film it's one of our like three or four films of the year and so yeah i'm expecting so i think i enjoy them when i first see them and then because i rewatch them several times some grow in my s in how i see them and others kind of shrink and i see all the flaws um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's it we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to in a little while yeah i yeah i I, i've been toying with the idea of seeing like dominion on friday but i have to like put my son to bed and then like normally i always like so i can i can catch a late screening or something and like i looked at the runtime like two and a half hours i thought realistically i ain't getting to like a nine o'clock showing so i ain't rolling out of there till like i don't know what factor in trailers and stuff like that like rolling out of there till like gone midnight. Like, I think I'm a bit too old for that shit. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, but if it was like a six o'clock showing, I'd be 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 home in bed before yeah before the trailers. Yeah, we've got a seven thirty showing, so we can be out of the door at like half ten. It'll finish, and then I can go and sleep. <laughs> I'm doing the school. I'm doing the school run, picking the boy up, oh. and we're going straight from the school run. It was the other half's idea. She said, you should go. And I said, yes, I, I should, yeah. So that's what's happening. So, yeah. This, this, yeah, this is a topic I wanted to discuss with you guys. Obviously, we can talk about our kind of relationship with Jurassic Park as a whole. But I wanted to ask you both this, seeing as you both have older children than I have. I have a three-year-old. Um, have, you, have you exposed your children to Jurassic Park? And like, what was the entry point? What do you think is the best entry point for certain ages? Like Russell, like yeah, uh, have you, have you shown any either of your children like, any of the dress? So, um, my five year old has watched some of them, bits of them. Um, she went through a weird phase when she was, I think, two, where she would watch the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailers on my phone and loved the trailers. I think she loved the. Sim- 
just that pure montage of dinosaurs. Um, And she's slightly out of it now. She's kind of moved away from it. And I think she thinks dinosaurs are very much my thing. Like, I have that and Batman in her head. Like, (laughs) that's who I am. I like dinosaurs and I like Batman. And that's how she associates things. But uh, so I've sat with her and watched Jurassic Park. And I'm always nervous in Jurassic Park when the hunter's having his head chewed off by a velociraptor. That's an eight second long shot. And every time I turn to her and go, are you all right? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, at some point, you're not going to be all right watching this guy have his head chewed off. Yeah. I'm excited for that point. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she's seen, she's seen bits of all of them. There's, there, she gets bored of the talking. Like, we might get into the talking with this one, but she gets very bored when it's like the dinosaurs are off screen for like 15 minutes and there's plot going on. But yeah, she likes the dinosaur just, stuff. Yeah, just someone out there must have done a super cut of just all the dinosaur <laughs> stuff. You're, you're, you're... Well, it's like 15 minutes, I think, in the first one is dinosaurs and the rest of the time they're not on screen. There's only 15 minutes of the film that has them on screen. Yeah, so I guess that's why it's basically like he's redone Jaws, but with dinosaurs, right? Is the fact that yeah. it's kind of like you remember it in that way of being like, oh, it's the big dinosaur movie. And it's kind of like, oh, no, they're only on screen for 15 minutes. So, like, what, two-hour runtime of a movie or something? Which is kind of the genius of Spielberg and possibly not the genius of people who have, who have come <laughs> up, who, yeah, who, who have done it since. Um, what about, yeah, what about you, Will? Like, what, when did you expose all your four? Have you exposed all of your four children to Jurassic Park? Three, I've got the three-year-old that I was... Uh, three-year-old, six-year-old, and then two nine-year-old girls. And they, the two nine-year-old girls couldn't give less of a shit about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I have tried, but no. But the I, I've mentioned this to Russell. I thought it was a good idea in between when we had those lockdowns and the cinemas reopened and they were showing old films, Jurassic Park yeah. came on in our local. So I was like, right. He seen, I, I was convinced the boy had seen Jurassic Park, Alice. And um, <laughs> so I said, right, we'll go. Come on, it'd be great. And um, yeah, I'd forgotten how quite terrifying it is in the cinema. Uh, we got to the T-Rex attack and he just said, I want to go home. <laughs> so he was fine once. He was fine once I said, no, we're not going anywhere. It's my favourite <laughs> film. And then he was fine. But yeah, so that was his first exposure to Jurassic Park. But he does like it. He's watched them all now and he's, well into it. I haven't brainwashed him, I swear. But he has um, he's into it now. But yeah, the others don't really care. The girls have watched it, but it's not really there's other things going on now. But yeah, Ellis is into it. So I'm gonna risk it again with Dominion. Could be a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, I guess Will you make it to this the is end? It, yeah. I mean you will. <laughs> Definitely will. I'll bribe him, he'll be that fine. Is the... <laughs> That is the thing, right? Like, because I'm just constantly worried that, like, what if, I don't know, exposure to the to the to the smallest thing will just like that that. Do you know what I mean? Like, when they're in a therapist chair, it's like I remember when I was free and this happened. Like recently, uh, my son is obsessed with watching Mario walkthroughs on on YouTube, <laughs> and I ne- like I just I just don't think about it and like. I just put on like YouTube on my PlayStation and the other morning, obviously it's set up to my account. So the ads are very like centered towards me. So all of a sudden there's like a trailer for uh, the black phone 
and like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm waiting for that five second skip because like i think within that you you get that image of ethan hawk with that kind of terrifying mask I'm like, oh, this is it this is, i've ruined this kid's life like so, so i'm like trepidatious to show him jurassic like stuff like jurassic park and just lot just lots of kind of those films that like i took for granted like i'm the youngest of three and there's like a bit there's a yeah the five-year age gap between me and my sibling so it's like i don't know it's, it's that one thing where it's like i was probably exposed to stuff way too young do you know what i mean i was like, watching it? commando like when i was like, eight years <laughs> old and stuff like that but like it's like do i take that approach being like yeah it's fine or or am i or am i is there an element as well that you're stealing that kind of I don't know that excitement you get as a kid when you're watching something that maybe you shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? Or kind of like you're 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 scared alone. It's not like you're kind of the scaring of the dinosaurs is linked to a parent, and that's the person you will blame later on in life. Not that not that your son is going to blame you later on in life. Uh, well, that's not, that's granted, not it, granted, it doesn't put me in the best of like when I think about it. They took him a film he clearly didn't want to see during the pandemic, but. He enjoyed doing it. <laughs> what about? And I mean, when I first saw Jurassic Park, I made it to the second T Rex attack. I was five. I'd spent twenty minutes crouched down in the seat, and I was taken out by my dad. Who's like, "No, we're not doing this anymore." And then he went again, like a couple of weeks later, with one of our relatives, and I was really upset that he wouldn't take me. I don't hold that against him. I hold other stuff against him, but that's not what this podcast is about. It's not about that. But yeah, like if you scare your kid, it's kind of fine. Like they will forgive you for being scared. Like I am terrified of Jaws. I don't know who first showed me Jaws, but I'm terrified of it. And it's just, my hate is not the family member. It's the sea. I hate the sea (laughs) because of this film. Not the, whichever, I think it was my granddad, maybe, who showed me that film. Yeah. I I, I recently showed my son his, I bought him, uh, little golden books do these like film tie-in books so like i bought him a, 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 a ghostbusters one and he's obsessed with ghostbusters loves it and then uh, I thought, yeah Go, uh, ghostbusters afterlife came up on uh a, a totally legitimate amazon fire stick that one of my relatives owns uh, and i was like yeah it'll be i'd send it to the cinema i was like he loves ghostbusters it's kind of got an ambling charm to it. And I was like, took a, took a video of him, like watching it like, oh, look, 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 to show his mum. And then like in the video, I didn't I, like, he goes, Oh, and I was like, Oh fuck. And then like his mum's like, did you really be showing, uh, did you really be showing off for your old uh, Ghostbusters? I was like, no, no, no. You didn't see after I stopped recording. He was laughing, <laughs> joking. Like, like, yeah. And so, so yeah, I don't know. We're probably all doing irreparable damage to our kids, <laughs> and kind of going, "It's fine, it's fine. You're gonna be a film fan. Maybe you'll direct uh, a Jurassic Park film when you're older." Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, another another point I wanted to talk about before we get into talking about um, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is legacy sequels because I feel like it's a uh, it's a kind of hot topic. We kind of live in the reboot sequel era like what like what were your initial thoughts when it came to jurassic world being announced and like were you because i don't know for me like uh, yeah it felt like it was 
one of the earlier legacy sequels. You know what I mean? Like now, now it's kind of I don't know. Every other month, it's kind of like. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, as we're talking right now, this Friday, uh, Dominion comes out or whatever, and that is re- that is really legacy. Do you know what I mean? It's like we've got the we've got the old team back together, or or we've got Top Gun Maverick, where it's like what thirty odd years between those films and stuff like that. So, yeah, what are your kind of general thoughts of when Jurassic World was um, coming out, and what are your kind of views on legacy sequels? If that's not a too big a topic to kind of that could be a podcast episode on itself what about russell what do you think of what are your views on um, legacy sequel? so i remember being excited for jurassic world i remember it the trailers worked for me the idea of watching more jurassic park was exciting for me because i'd always been into the franchise and it felt like they were spending time and uh effort and money on this project like it felt like they'd really fought it out um whether or not I think it necessarily succeeds at living up to that ambition, I, I don't know. But I do remember a relief about 20 minutes in when I was like, oh, no, this is not a complete mess. This works. I had the same release when I, relief when I watched The Force Awakens. There's like this point when I could just sit in my chair and enjoy it. Um, and in terms of legacy sequels, I mean, I'll probably watch a sequel to anything at this point. I've not seen Top Gun Maverick because I don't like Top Gun, but I'm going to see it because everyone tells me it's an incredible film. <laughs> And like I'm watching Obi Wan Kenobi, I've watched the first couple of episodes of that, and that feels like a legacy TV show. In that it's like ten years after the uh, that trilogy, they're returning to the the cast back, they're exploring that in between time. I think if there's stuff you can explore with it, great. Like I quite like the Halloween that came out. I'm not necessarily Halloween. I think Halloween Kills is a fun slasher, but the legacy stuff doesn't work for me mm. whereas the halloween that came before it that worked for me because it kind of made myers scary again i think if you can return to something about the originals that works that's when they work so like the stuff about jurassic world that i think works is the stuff that returns to the original it's the dinosaur stuff that's coming from the original um Yes, yeah, so I doesn't Jurassic and like I saw, and like I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I had a, a fun enough time that my issue Ghostbusters Afterlife is that Ghostbusters <sighs> has always been this silly little film for me. It's always been this silly eighties comedy, and to watch a film where it's like they have such reverence for what came before, and I think if there is a fault to legacy sequels, it's when they treat what came before as the most important thing ever. Whereas most of the films we love are fun. Mm-hmm and silly and throwaway and that's good like part of the reason why i look at the films okay it's because throwaway films are fun and we enjoy them and some legacy sequels kind of forget that and make it like that there's something what? poignant and yes. meaningful in ghostbusters and there's not it's about a bunch of guys in new york hunting ghosts one of them gets sucked off by a ghost <laughs> and yeah it's dumb and it's silly and it's fun and it has aged something kind of poorly but it's an 80s film and most 80s films have aged terribly and then i watched ghostbusters afterlife and had fun with it but it was like every time an item from the franchise was shown it was like shot in such a way and given this moment i was like well, no i don't need this just have fun with it i enjoy that you're doing stranger things but with ghostbusters that works for me so yeah so like i'm all for legacy sequels but i think that because we're so in love with what came before 
they can kind of forget that most stuff that came before was just fun or silly or throwaway. And like even Halloween, I think Halloween is a phenomenal, the original is a phenomenal horror film, but it's just a slasher. And it's just a really good slasher that's really effective at what it does. And that Halloween that came in, when was it 2018 maybe? 2018, yeah. That came again has that kind of reverence for Myers and for um, Laurie that's slightly po-faced. Doesn't yeah, fit. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I know what you mean. It is that thing of I don't. I guess it's that. It's it's the the I don't know the die like Die Hard. I guess like when you start looking at Die Hard Four and uh, a good a good day to Die Hard. They're they're, they're technically legacy because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's such like a big like gap between do you know what I mean there's a there's a big gap and it's all of a sudden it's like oh the fun has been taken out of this kind of franchise entirely and it's like John McClane is no longer this relatable guy where it's like oh ima- yeah, imagine like, being in Nakatomi Tower it's like oh imagine being in Russia because your son has been like like do you know what I mean like caught up with yeah. some and like so it's like with Die Hard it jumps from in the first one his biggest uh, thing to overcome is a is a floor filled of glass because he's got no shoes on. And that makes it really human because he's going to get hurt and bleed. And in the fourth one, he jumps on a jet and I think brings the jet down. I can't really remember what happened. No, no, he, yeah, ta- he takes he a helicopter a down. Yeah, he point. takes a helicopter down with a car. Yeah, with a, so, with a car. Yeah, all this stuff. It's like... What, what about you, Will? What do you think of like the kind of um, legacy sequel epidemic or kind of... Uh, I don't know, like golden actually living through, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, no, I agree with what exactly what Russell said. I think, like you say, when when it's fun, I was all on board for Lost World. I was because I again because it I sat down, started watching it. Great, I thought, right, we're in. But with the Die Hard, like exactly like you said with the Die Hard, once they lose the fun element, and you get. McLean in Russia, and I still stand by the only reason that film exists because an executive came up with the, ca- the tagline "Yippee Kai, Mother Russia," and they were like, "That's it. Yeah, that's the only reason it exists." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I- I'm all for it. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the new Scream. I saw the new Halloween Kills. It was all right. But like again, I, yeah. as Russell said, it's that reverence to the whole thing. I just enjoyed. There was a slasher Halloween film. You know, it was just fun. But yeah, so I was on board for Lost World, and yeah, I don't forget it, but I I I enjoy Lost World. But it, again, I haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife either, so I haven't seen many of the legacy sequels. So yeah, but yeah, I'm on board. I, 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 I guess a big one, and especially in relation to Jurassic World, would be um, would be uh, Star Wars, right? Would be um, yeah, New Hope too. As, as I can't remember the, the Force Awakens, where it is because they very much like, and I, I guess it's a problem I have with Jurassic World, is it, it does suffer a bit from that kind of like, oh, we're kind of retreading some of the the the, the beats from Jurassic Park, and obviously when when a film reminds you of something else that is superior to it, you, you, you're just sat there going. Could, I could be watching Jurassic Park right now. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in the it, cinema, yeah. watching in the cinema watching Jurassic World, you're kind of like swept away in it, and they kind of do you know what I mean they'll hit you with that kind of um, 
like that motif. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you're like, fuck it out. Do you know what I mean? I'm in, I'm in the IMAX or I'm, I'm, on <laughs> yeah. the big, I'm seeing this on yeah, a massive yeah. screen. Whereas like rewatchability, I think for Jurassic World, you are kind of like, I could turn this off at any moment and just put Jurassic Park back on, which, kind of, yeah, which kind of does a lot of the same beats better, kind of, I don't know, deals with, yeah, deals with some of the the same the same issues, right? Like, I don't know, I guess Claire is kind of dealing with that thing of, like, not wanting to be maternal and stuff like that and being very, like, career-minded. And it's like, yeah, you might have gender-swapped it, but that's still kind of Alan Grant's, like, <laughs> story arc from jurassic world of jurassic park isn't it and like uh with jurassic world so there, there are beats in jurassic park that are kind of subtly that you get if like us you watch them so many times you get all the subtleties and jurassic park is very subtle about how it represents its corporation and how they're not good people doing good things whereas in jurassic world it's slapped in your face throughout the second half that uh, the backers of Jurassic World are not good people. That I forget the name of the actor, but whoever is the villain, like the representation of villainy in Jurassic World, is working for someone else, and they're bad people. And it's a problem I have with most Jurassic Park sequels: is that the humans are stupidly evil and work for stupid corporations doing stupid things. Whereas in Jurassic Park, there's very few evil. There's no one in that is evil. Even Dennis, who shuts down the power to get off the island he's doing it to be opportunistic and because he needs human not yeah he's not a bad person he's just doing a bad thing whereas from the lost world onwards the corporation becomes utterly evil yeah. and stupid they are skynet and right? like I, I think corporations are pretty <laughs> evil but they're not stupid that's the thing yeah 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 that is that, that is a really interesting point and i guess i guess this film really hammers that point home right we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that but uh, before we do uh will do you want to give us a plot synopsis of what jurassic world fallen kingdom will bear um uh, yeah i can do excuse me um when an island's the island's dormant volcano um begins erupting um our characters owen and claire decide to go back and um rescue the dinosaurs um yeah it's three years after jurassic world the theme park has gone tit and yes they've gone back to collect it and to save the dinosaurs and um there's a discussion all the way, Owen discovers a dis- um, discovers a conspiracy that, yeah, that's basically the part they, they discovers this, this, um, a conspiracy, and um, yeah, I think that's it. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There is the yeah. So there's there's there's, there's some evil people bidding evil. on dinosaurs for the, Sorry, the whole second half. Is, yeah, I was trying to avoid yeah. this whole second half malarkey, but we'll. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. Yeah, it turns out the nice people they go with to the island turn out to be utterly evil <laughs> yeah. shit. And I'm sorry, but we go to a gothic mansion. If you're if you're casting Ted Levine as like the, the head of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like he's like, put the, put 
put the dinosaur in the basket. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, fucking Ted Levine. It's a, <laughs> like, of course, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's very kind of on the nose casting of who the kind of bad people are. We've kind of got like the king of schmarm. Rafe Spall, who seems to like relish in playing these arseholes. And then we've got like Toby Jones, who can kind of on a dime, like depending on what wig he's wearing, like you know immediately, like good or bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, great wig, by the way. He's dobbing the house elf, yeah. or he's Mr. Eversoul from this film. You know what I mean? He's like, like, like I don't, I don't get out of bed for for less than two million on a Tuesday. Like, <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> slow your own, mate. Um, so, what? What? Yeah. What was your? Were you kind of excited for Fallen uh, Fallen Kingdom? Like after seeing Jurassic World, uh, Will? Yeah. Were you, were you? Were you anticipating this film? Again, I'm always going to be on board with a, a Jurassic Park film because it's Jurassic Park. But yeah, I. I I like Lost World, and I was I was interested because of the director, and I had read things before where they were going to do something different, and it the premise sounded peaks and his nuts, but I thought yeah it's going to be different, so I was yeah I was I was looking forward to it because again it was the the idea of Bayona doing it, and I saw the trailers and it did look different to an extent, but yeah I was I was on yeah I was looking forward to it, and of course I went first day what? opening day. <laughs> What, what about you, Russell? What was your kind of first like exposure to this film, and were you excited for it? So I remember the trailers being phenomenal. I remember them being just some of the best blockbuster trailers of the year were the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailers. But they kind of indicated that there was a lot of stuff, a lot of plot in this film, because it was showing you bits of like the Mosiosaurus out in the sea. It showed you... The Gothic Mansion and uh, what's the name of that raptor? The new Damn. raptor sneaking around, and then it also showed you stuff on the island. So some trailers kind of tee up really well what the plot's going to be about showing what the plot is. Their trailers seem to be all the cool bits, mm-hmm. and they probably were all the cool bits. Of the film, I'll be honest with you, all the cool bits snuck into the free trailers that came out. So I was on board for it because, again would watch a Jurassic Park dinosaur film every single year. Doesn't need to be a good film, just has to have dinosaurs in it. Um, you need to really get on and, like that, uh, what's that, like Asylum Films? What, they, they've probably got tons of dinosaur no, films. No, 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 but it has to be like <laughs> good dinosaurs. It can't just be the like those NAF shark films I watch sometimes where it's clear it's like a, an Adobe program has made the special yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you're, The thing you're not about watching... the Jurassic Park films <laughs> is that the dinosaurs mostly always look fantastic. Lots of pasta. <laughs> no, no. Not that. Yeah, you're watching prehistoric park. Do you know what I mean? They're kind of like <laughs> let, 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 let's kind of if 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 you squint and had a couple of beers on a Friday, you might pick it up yeah. in Asda, thinking, oh, they've done a they've done, they've done a new Jurassic Park, have they? I'll, I'll snap this up. Like, yeah. Um, oh, uh, well, if, if that were the case, Russ, you would be you'd be sorted for life if you'd take this absolute dross of uh, yeah. Knock-offs. But I kind of want some good dinosaurs. Okay. I kind of want them to look almost like I can touch them. That's what okay. I want. Well, yeah, maybe maybe the old uh, Disney. Sit- I mean, touch them appropriately. Am I sad? I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sure you could find it if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 
dark places on the internet. Uh, yeah. Anything that would tickle your pickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go incognito. Delete cookies and uh, clear your cache. You'll be fine, Russ. Don't worry. Yeah, we're in a safe space here. If that's if that's your kink, <laughs> there's no kink shame in here. Uh, yeah. um, so let's let's get to people's thoughts on this film because, like, well, before we do as well, like, I don't know. I think. Well, this came out. I think for me at like a very weird time in my life because I'd just become a new father and stuff like that. But I remember watching it. He must have been when he was like, I don't know, in those early stages of his, yeah, those kind of early months of his life. And uh, I used to use a now defunct website called Popcorn Time uh, to watch movies on the old, on the old, on the old hush hush. Uh, don't do it anymore, guys. Don't come for me. All right. Uh, but um, I remember watching it and like, like first time watching it, I remember being like, pretty pretty good I, was, I, was kind of, I kind of enjoyed it i think for the fact that it's like just for the idea that it's like oh they're taking the almost like the jurassic world and it kind of like did that thing i guess that uh the last jedi did and it's like we're opening out the world do you know what i mean there's almost like there's a moment in this film that is kind of shot for shot that kid holding a broom like, but it's a it's it's like a raptor on a hill or something like that, where it's like, oh, we could just now this franchise could be like you were saying every year, like the planned Star Wars thing is like every Christmas we're giving you a Star Wars. There could have been like every year we're giving you a Jurassic World story. And I guess they did it with the was it that like teaser kind of short film that they released? Did a Battle of something? Yeah, rock. yeah. Battle yeah. of Big Rock. Yeah, yeah, rock. yeah. So they could have, even if they were like feature length, it could have been like, oh, let's in, interesting kind of directors. Do you know what I mean, kind of taking that Marvel approach where it's like, hey, you did an interesting indie. Let's snap you up and like tear away your soul <laughs> and yes, like, make yeah. a Jurassic World. But they could have been interesting. It could have been like. I don't know. They could have been almost. Yeah, give them forty million dollars, and they can make something that's like a bit more intimate and focuses on two or three dinosaurs. Exactly. It could have been like a kind where of it is. Uh, fat, like a family drama almost that just happens to be like a family, almost like a a quiet place, like with dinosaurs. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of that kind of vibe. So like, yeah, I think that that really on that initial watch kind of excited me about this film that was kind of going to open up the world and it felt like they were going oh they were they were doing that with this as well like saying like to J.A. Bayona like you've got like uh, kind of credentials in doing horror and stuff like that inject that into Jurassic World kind of tell this contained story that kind of is open-ended and then we can continue down this avenue and we'll get into whether it looks like they've kind of they've done a uh <laughs> they've done a they've done a star wars by going actually like they've done, kind of done a left turn at the, at the final hurdle or if they've kind of lived up to that promise uh but yeah what are your like what were your initial thoughts on the film guys and kind of like how is it over time kind of yeah what are your feelings towards it will like do you have you on rewatch have you warmed to it or you kind of get colder with each each time I, I I remember enjoying it. I watched it this afternoon again because I hadn't seen it 
for some reason, it's one of the ones I haven't gone back to very often. So I watched it again this afternoon. It's not my favourite, the sequels. But it, it does do interesting things. Like you say, that, the idea of... once put the dinosaurs in the house and Jay Bilner's that okay. kind of vibe. It's good, but there is some real clunky stuff in it watching it again. Like, <laughs> clunky stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember initially liking it and like, like Russell was saying, the, I remember the original, the, I think it was the first trailer was an absolute banger. Like, you were sold on it because it's such a great trailer. But I think all was the good stuff. Teaser? Uh, yeah, there was a teaser was and... Yeah, there was the teaser, and yeah, there was the shot of the um, the bed, and the yes, wasn't it? Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, the Indoraptor. That was called Indoraptor. Yeah, with his and yeah, I was like, well, this is going to be different. This is going to be, and that stuff is. is, is, (laughs) But watching it again today, I am colder on it. It may have slipped Mm -hmm. down my list. Yeah, I, I think for me in, in that regard, like like thinking back to that teaser, there was a thing of like, it's getting into that real fear because obviously when it's on Isla Nublar, it's like, oh, it's it's over there. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, like, yeah. that image, that image alone is kind of like, oh, the dinosaurs are coming to town. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of doing that Jurassic uh, uh, Lost World kind of vibe. Of like, kind of like, do you know what I mean? The T Rex is loose in the city, oh. uh, but like, it's kind of seemed a bit more so suburban almost. But then, kind of, the film doesn't live up to that promise because it is still contained in this kind of uber rich person's like manor house, and it's kind of I don't know. I guess Dominion, by the looks of it, might kind of get into what happens when it's like, do you know what I mean? Joe blogs down the street, like having to deal with a T-Rex, like eat, eating his dog or something, or do you know what I mean? Doing whatever. Yeah, I remember when it first, when they were first pitching, it was doing the rounds of it when it was coming out. There was a whole thing about, I remember reading that it was a, he'd made a haunted house film, but with dinosaurs. And I remember that kind of thinking, well, and then that, obviously that image, I thought, oh, this is going to be something. And it's absolutely not that. But, it, yeah, that idea of it being the dinosaur in the house, yeah. It... What, what about you, Russ? I was on like, board with. Um, yeah, what about you, Russ? Were you kind of, uh, what was that initial viewing like for you? And obviously you say you watch it every year. So what, what are we on now? So 2008, you're on your fifth, you're on your fifth maybe sixth rewatch of it. Uh, yeah. What's your kind of? I've watched it a lot. Is, has it kind of than... gone up in your estimations, or or slid down, or kind of? I don't know. Have you had a rocky road with it. Hey, um, I remember my first viewing being really frustrated that so much of it had been shown in the trailers. I remember being annoyed that even like, because the Mosiosaurus behind the surface shot, which is a great shot, is in the trailer, and it's like one of the last shots of the film, and. I remember being frustrated in the same way there was, I think it was Star Trek Into Darkness. A lot of that was in the trailers. A lot of the the beats of the film seemed to have worked in the trailers. Um, but as a film, I so I think the stuff that's J.A. Biona, the stuff that feels like it's his, so like, I think the opening is great. I think the opening with the guys 
on the island trying to steal a bit of the Indominus Rex. Um, and it's all rainy and there's a T-Rex stalking someone and there's the Mosiosaurus underneath and you see that only as a shadow and occasional glimpse of it is is great. The bit in the mansion is just... It's great. It's really great fun with... I forget the name of this dinosaur. That's probably part of the problem of the film, so I can't remember the name of the main antagonist. But that dinosaur skulking around and stalking them and on top of the rooftop roaring with uh, the full moon yeah. behind it. All that stuff is so well done. Um, I think this is probably the best directed but worst written of all the sequels. Like, the stuff connecting those great moments is shonky <laughs> and not great. And it feels like it has to go on quite a journey. You have to go to the island to get the dinosaurs off the island into the mansion to then have them capture the mansion to then have them released so we can get to the point where we get to where Jurassic World clearly wants to get to, which is the dinosaurs are everywhere. Um, but I have fun with this film. I do genuinely have fun with it. I can power through some of the dumb humans, and the humans are particularly dumb in this. I love Rafe Spool to bits. I think he's a fantastic actor, but he's almost as dumb here as he is in Prometheus. His character is just not very smart. Uh, I can't work out what B.D. Wong's character because he has one scene in Jurassic Park and by the time he pops up in these two films he's a tactical we we tactical neck wearing uh, invisible moustache twirling villain and he's gone full like I am God yes. I control everything <laughs> whereas in the first one he's just there for a bit of exposition and that's useful um, I do probably rate this above Jurassic World in terms of my enjoyment of it I think Jurassic World is a better film but I think the second half of Jurassic World is just too much on the whole evil corporation coming in. We can control the dinosaurs. Wouldn't it be great to control the dinosaurs? I don't want any of that nonsense about controlling dinosaurs. I just want dinosaurs <laughs> rampaging around, having messing up stuff, mm -hmm. going into kitchens and uh, stalking two children. And I, I, yeah, I guess that's part of what I enjoy about the second half when it is this new raptor stalking them is it reminds me of the bits right then in Jurassic Park when they're being stalked by the raptors and there is some of that that taps back into like when Jurassic Park is at its scariest it's just there's some stuff in this film that doesn't work and having watched it like six or seven times it never works for me it <sighs> some of the characters some of the character characterization is terrible. Some of the stuff it adds in to kind of give weight to what's going on doesn't click for me. The whole cloning stuff feels clunky. I love James Cromwell, but he's not well used here. Yeah, so I have fun with this, but it's a mess. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's like a point that has been raised throughout this kind of discussion we've been having. Is this idea of this film being one of two parts? So I kind of wanted to jump into the first part of this film because, like, I kind of totally forgot, and it was on this rewatch. I was like, I felt like the the stuff on the island was almost like a pre-credit sequence. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like we're in the house, we're doing it, and then I realised, like, oh no, we're like we kind of we don't get to the house till like nearly like an hour into the movie, yeah. like. I don't know, like it feel and it, it it feels disjointed, right? It kind of and I guess the film oh, yeah. suffers from that thing of being like like I guess in a way that um Halloween Kills does, where it's like we've got a good start to this new franchise. We've we've probably got a killer ending. Mm. We we've announced <laughs> it's gonna be a trilogy. We need this connective tissue in the middle, and it's kind of like I don't know, it kind of the the first half of this feels like a postscript for the first film and the second half feels like a prescript for the next film. Do you know what I mean? They feel like two shorts kind of rammed together. Well yeah, what like do you enjoy the stuff on the island? Do you did you want more of that? Could that have been its own film almost? Or is that kind of I don't know. Yeah, what 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 is it with the push pull between these two parts that I don't know, I guess I'm not sure, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, kind of uh, lets this film down a bit. Like, yeah, Will, what do you kind of, what do you kind of make of the, the island rescue sequence to this? It does feel a lot like that is there because that's what's expected from the Jurassic Park films. Like, we, me and Russ have talked about this with Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars, so I didn't get that from The Force Awakens. But I would imagine there was like mm-hmm. callbacks to Star Wars and that. And I think that's what you get from this with the island rescue, that kind of thing. It's almost like Bayona's stuff was he, he wanted to get there to the house and do his thing. This stuff on the island was there because it's a Jurassic a Jurassic World, Jurassic Park film. And I would have been happy I would have happily had more of course you want that kind of stuff, but I would have happily had more of 
the Bayona stuff, the the house stuff. Yeah, it doesn't. There's it takes ages, and there's so many sequences that are so similar in that island stuff that. And uh, yeah, I, I, that's the stuff that let me down. Watching it again, I think that's the stuff I found. A, I hate to say it, old Jurassic, Jurassic Park film, but a bit tedious. Where it was this, it's the similar beats, and I just got a bit. I find it quite boring, which is nuts because there's dinosaurs. But and I guess this kind of opens up that conversation as well. The the introduction of um, Justice Smith and Daniela Bernarda as the kind of like new recruits to this kind of like ragtag band we have of kind of i don't know they're like extinction rebellion for for dinosaurs right almost <laughs> like yeah. claire finds herself with now like um yeah russ what what do you think of their like inclusion and what do you think of like the stuff on the island whether it's kind of ted levine being like yeah i'm, I'm gonna help you find blue i'm not gonna be sinister at all or they're kind of like uh i don't know there's the there's that stuff, there's that sequence in the kind of bunker base as well, which feels very Jurassic. Yeah, it feels kind of lifted from Jurassic Park almost. Yeah. Russ, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I, I think that Justice Smith and Dana Pineda are both perfectly fine in what they're doing, but this film is so packed by having these two halves that are so completely different and trying to do everything and trying to get to that moment at the end with the Velociraptor on the hilltop overlooking the city, because that's what they want to get to, that they don't really have much more than their two-dimensional, he's a coward, she's a spiky, uh, independent type. They're, they're, they're types we've seen in films before. And it's why, like, I mean, Ted Levine, I love the guy, but he's sinister from the very moment and does nothing in the film, does nothing to say this guy isn't sinister so that when he, you know, betrays them and the reveal that actually they're doing, they're stealing animals to sell yeah, them. Yes, it's, it's basically... It doesn't work because he's always been sinister and we've always, like... And, like, Rafe Spool, who's introduced before we get to the island, is slimy yeah. and you don't like I, him. I guess the, and, the, the casting of Ted Levine is, like, Vincent D'Onofrio in Jurassic World, right? As well, it's like, oh, fuck it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, it's like, like... Uh, yeah, it's uh, not Pinhead, it's, uh, yeah, is it, uh, from, whoever the, uh, uh, Kingpin, King King yeah. fucking, it's Kingpin, and it's the alien the from, uh, Men in Black, <laughs> and like, yeah, so like, I, I think my problem with having the two halves the way they are is that they both need more time. They kind of can be their own film. And another problem I have is that this beat for beat is quite similar to The Lost World in that you have an opening where someone we don't know, someone we're not going to see again, has an encounter with a dinosaur that's not fun for them. And then you have setting up, they have to go to the island to rescue someone or to go find someone. In this case, it's uh, Blue the Velociraptor. And these films really overestimate my me wanting to spend time with one specific Velociraptor. Mm. Like, there's a real over... Uh, they think... I want to spend too much time with that dinosaur. <laughs> um, and so like, they're like individual moments in the first half. I like, like the bit you say in the bunker with the dinosaur and the lava is a great sequence. It's really, uh, it has some tension to it and it's exciting, but it, it's very much like its own piece and it doesn't really. And it, it, 
go it anywhere. It feels like something like, that we've seen like, before, right? It's kind of like... I mean, yeah, this is our fifth film being on a tropical island with dinosaurs chasing people. That's like the first half is the fifth film we've seen where that's what the film is. Like, So we've seen this all before and we've teased since... Well, we've shown it in The Lost World. It's teased in Jurassic Park 3 and it's kind of hinted at in Jurassic World that the dinosaurs will get off the island and be with us. Um, so cannot. So that's kind of what we want, I would say. At this canonically, point. can someone answer like the thing? Yeah, canonically is like do Jurassic, do do the Lost World and Jurassic Park three happen in the world of Jurassic World, or are we to believe that it was just the incident on the island the first time, and then is is it doing a is it, yeah, is it doing a Halloween 2018 on us? I, I, think, I think they mention in passing something about the island in one of these two Jurassic worlds. I can't yeah, no, they do. remember the specific reference, but I think there's a reference to it. Uh, so I think that the, the second island exists. Uh, the, the thing about the Jurassic Park films, and it's best encapsulated with Jeff Goldblum, is that he's in three of these films playing three different versions of Ian Malcolm. And there's no journey in these films. Each one is a different version of the same character. And there's not any kind of like connection between them for me. So like in this, at the start, we get him in a Senate saying what's going to happen, how dinosaurs are now with us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which is then returned to at the end. Um, and so I think it's up to you if you want to think that two and three are part of four and five and six. I kind of think they are. Maybe they'll answer that in number six, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously Sam Neill is coming back. And... Ellie Sadler? Uh, who plays uh, that? Laura, Laura Dern. Yeah. Laura Dern. And yeah, they're both coming back and they're in number three. So maybe it'll refer to that. <laughs> Don't know. Do you remember that time a raptor said my name? <laughs> <laughs> and it's whether or not are we going to see Jeff Goldblum's kid again? Because he has a kid who has many kids, oh, but yeah. he has a specific kid we see in the second one. And I is she going to be in the sixth one? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, there, she there are gi- people is, out in the world who know that right now. Is, is she gymnastics kid? I haven't seen Lost World. For- yeah, she's gymnastics, gymnastics kid. Uh, yeah, that's uh, terrible. She, Kicks a velociraptor in the head. Mm, by swinging on the bars. Move. And yeah. he refers in the first one to having lots of kids and lots of wives. That's so maybe it, yeah. we'll get all of Ian Malcolm's kids. Maybe that'll be the plot. Maybe the plot is that like his 15 kids need to be rescued and they're at different points around the world. All, all I ask <laughs> is for Jeff Goldblum to do his uh, signature laugh from Jurassic Park in this <laughs> one. And I have, a, I have a question on the Ian Malcolm uh, kind of wraparound we have in this. Is are we to believe that he has been speaking for the entire duration of the events of this <laughs> film, and he's finally wrapping up? What, what, what two, three, four days later, he kind of, or, or is it just uh, they've gone? He made this speech before the events of of what you see, but it just happens to be that he is talking about what we've just seen with dinosaurs living amongst us because before that he couldn't have known that they had escaped and they were actually out in the world because they were stuck like they they were contained to an island 
So I don't, yeah, I think that's, it's obviously, it's a great wraparound, but I don't <laughs> think, think yeah. it works in this film. Like, it, it, I yeah. I mean, as a, the wraparound is fairly disconnected from the rest of the film and it almost feels like an executive saw an early cut and was like, no, we need, we need something yeah. extra to bring people in. And they got Jeff on the blower and he came in and he did a weekend shoot. It, it, it almost feels like that was filmed as like uh, for the end of the film. And then they said, no, 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 no. We've got to have this earlier on in the film as well. Yeah. Because like, we need to kind of get people in the cinema going like in the first 20 minutes going, ooh, Ian Malcolm. Because there's that like right before you see it, you have that exposition dump, which is like a BBC News article, right? And it's like... They're, they're having a Senate <laughs> meeting about yeah. uh, about whether dinosaurs should have the same rights as as other <laughs> uh, other endangered animals. It's like kind of like oh, nobody's like really like it's kind of slightly referenced too with like Claire and the kind of like work she's doing and stuff like that. But it, I don't know. Like you would have thought she would have been at that hearing, right? Like she's 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 not there. She would have. You know, she would have been. <laughs> Oh, she's not allowed in the room. They would have been outside waving flags at least. Do you know what I mean? Really <laughs> throwing paint. They would have been doing all sorts. Like, yeah, but I don't know. But the, I think the more you look at this film, the kind of the more glaring errors <laughs> yeah. you will find. Uh, so let, let's talk about moments that we we like in this film. Will like, let, yeah. What what are the kind of apart from like the kind of little moments we mentioned? Uh, what 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 other stuff like uh, whether it's characters or uh, set pieces that really stick out? The, the stuff is in the house where it was spoiled in the trailer, the original trailer. But I like that stuff. I think that's quite interesting. And the almost I I like the the Toby Jones performance because it is campy villain i quite enjoy that i think that kind of thing yeah. is if you'd gone all all out with that kind of stuff i think that would have been fun because that kind of stuff i enjoy and there's again but the, the big sequences that don't work for me because i've seen it before but yeah that stuff in the house is great the the cloning thing is quite ballsy because it does it is different to all it's it doesn't necessarily work for me, but I quite like the fact that they went out and did something different. But I think there was an element of let's fucking up, let's go a bit mad with the sequel. And I think that's the shame mm-hmm. from that, that that beginning is the, the the first half is so much like everything else. It kind of diminishes. How quite nuts the second half is. That, that, it's that a really raises bonkers. the point. That raises a point as well. They're having a tribunal about like dinosaurs and like their kind of state, like their state of uh, rights and stuff like that. We don't get to see the tribunal where like they're discussing the fact that a human has been cloned. Yeah, and like, are it- we to believe that BD Wong had something to do with the cloning of um, James Cromwell's character uh, Benjamin Lockwood's daughter? Like that's a kind of like that's a real fucking like whoa well, like uh, reveal right yeah it is a natural reveal but apparently I was reading today that I've never known this but there is in it might be Jurassic World in BD Wong's um, lab there is a 
human spinal cord, which apparently is a reference to this. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's what it says in trivia. But yeah, it's nuts. The, that, that second half is bonkers, and that I, the cloning thing is madness. But I'm kind of on board with that. If you're going to go nuts, go nuts. But it's a shame it didn't go out as nuts as it could have. <laughs> but was a... What about you, Ross? Oh, what about you, Russell? What kind of stuff do you enjoy in this? Uh, I there are di- that's not very current. There are bits with the dinosaurs that are great fun for me. The bit when they are trying to take blood from a sedated T Rex is a great sequence for me. And the fact that the T Rex wakes up and I just the way this film is shot. I think it's quite a well shot film. Like I think that if you were to take out the dialogue and just have the music and the actions and how this is shot, it, it has some really it's well edited in shots. That bit is tense mm-hmm. and kind of funny and a bit goofy. I actually think that Chris Pratt's Owen, and I can never remember his name. It's only because I've got IMDB in front of me. I think his character becomes kind of more likable as the film goes on. Like he starts as an asshole. And he remains an asshole throughout, but I kind of think because there are worse humans introduced, I kind of like him more by the end. Um, I think Toby Jones is such fun mm-hmm. in this, such fun. And the bit, right, so you don't see his death, but you see the the raptor running towards him and the lights are flickering on and off and his hair is quivering up and he's looking terrified <laughs> is outstanding. And it comes right after we've watched Ted Levine have his arm bitten off by this raptor. and I. I think the raptor is silly, but it's also quite fun. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's more fun than the Indominus Rex, which is just a really big, mean dinosaur. And this, having it lying on the floor, pretending to be knocked out and seeing its tail flicker and its eye look up. It's goofy, but as as Will said, the second half is bonkers and silly and fun. Yeah. And so having this kind of quite silly, villainous dinosaur that's, too intelligent for a dinosaur, more intelligent than the, the raptors were. That so intelligent, it's having fun of its food. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's great fun. Um, but like there's other bits. Like I have people. I know people who get moved by the is it a Diplodocus getting killed on the pier. Yes. Like in the, and I'm always a bit like when well, no, it's just pixels dying in a pixelated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't affect yeah me. I I um, see people saying about they were in tears watching that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and I, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's fine, but it's ridiculous. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, yeah, that's not no. one of those moments. I think it is though when the film has its J O J A B O N ness when it has because I think the goofier stuff, the sillier stuff, the gothic stuff, when it's basically a horror. Mm-hmm which is what most of the second half is. I like Rafe Spool's death. It's quite funny. That's kind of like, yeah, that that is, I imagine, what they kind of had to weigh up of like, do we show (laughs) Toby Jones getting like murdered as well? Or do we just like, do you know what I mean? They're kind of like, we need need to kind of pick and choose with the edit, like to get, sneak this past the senses to get like a lower rate. It's pretty, it's pretty gruesome and the kind of like, you like, can hear him as well. You can kind of hear him like, yeah. like as he's being chewed up. It's like, that's gnarly yeah. stuff. So like they give these horribly two-dimensional characters wonderful deaths. Like 
Toby Jones's death is hilarious. Ted Levine's death is hilarious. And Rafe Spall's death is hilarious. They're all really funny deaths. And that's uh, more so than Jurassic World, which has Vin Vincent D'Onofrio get attacked by a Velociraptor and have his arm eaten by a Velociraptor and there's blood, but it's kind of... Well, we have that... We, there's an unforgivable death in Jurassic World as well. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I, I would say that this is less mean than Jurassic yeah. World, like because Jurassic World has that uh, assistant being killed by a pterodactyl and who picks her up, drops her, picks her up, drops her, picks her in the sea and out comes the Monosaurus and pulls them in. And I will say the thing that this series has never acknowledged is that the Monosaurus is the single scariest dinosaur of the entire franchise. That thing is terrifying and only briefly mentioned in all the films. Like it's loose for this entire film and that should be the focus. The focus should be this giant sea dinosaur is out there. Like I have issues with the sea. Yeah, okay, anyway. uh, yeah like where's the, what like, I, I guess, like, where those people are surfing at the end, it's fucking Amityville Bay, right? The fucking mayor's like, keep the beach open. Because, like, why, why are people, like, do you know what I mean? Why, why, we got, why we got Swayze and his gang of guys, like, surfing out there, do you know what I mean? Trying to hit the killer waves. When that, when that thing's on the loose, like, you would you would never go in a large body of water ever again, would you? If you, like, if you even knew that that was, like, I don't know. Even if they're like, oh, it's out in the Indian Ocean, I'd be like, well, I ain't fucking taking my chances in the English yeah, Channel. Yeah, no, like, it might come down the canal, yeah, exactly. you never know. Like, I, I, I would be scared going for a poo. Do you know what I mean? I'd kind of like, I'd be squatting for the rest, I'd shit in the garden for the rest of my life. It's in the water, that's all I need to know. Exactly, exactly. No. I don't know how small the babies are. Yeah. Like, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Like, uh, <laughs> There's your small sequel there. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's what well, yeah, one off. Yeah. Man hasn't shit for years. <laughs> Just me shitting in my garden. Um you mentioned Chris Pratt in this film. Um and I just wanted to have a brief discussion with you guys about when did like uh, what happened with Chris Pratt? Cuz like when he first came on the scene, he seemed like a breath of fresh air to kind of Hollywood. And seems to very quickly, like, kind of become a foul stench to Hollywood. Like, what, 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 what do you think that is? Like, what, what's your kind of? Will have you got any opinions on like what kind of why that why we've all kind of changed our opinion on Chris Pratt so quickly? I'm not a Guardians of the Galaxy. Chris Pratt, Pratt, I quite like Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec. I quite like most other things. I am not a fan. I don't know what it is. I think there's a there's a smugness to him that is different to Ryan Reynolds' smugness. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' knowing smugness. Where there's something about Chris Pratt where I I just can't get on board with him, and he doesn't work for me in this one especially. Whereas Russell was saying he becomes more likable. For me, I think he becomes more irritating when he well, starts. Like, become, he becomes an action hero, like a proper. He starts like battering security guards, and I, I, yeah, I just the more he becomes, the more he wants to be Indiana Jones, the less I like him. <laughs> well, I think there's like an element, and it might be like kind of in the whole of it all that he kind of. 
it, was there like a point where it's like an oversaturation <clears throat> kind of Chris Pratt into cinema where it's like he is going to be in everything, everything. Like, especially now it's almost like a joke it's like we're getting a Mario movie it's like it's going to be voiced by Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt it's yeah. like like do you know what I mean what where was where, where where's where's Jared Leto with his uh, Italian accent from uh, House of House Gucci? Of Gucci like, yeah. Why is he not playing Mario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, like Garfield. Is he? He's voicing Garfield, and it's kind of like he's everywhere. And yeah, I think I agree with you that his smugness, and I guess his kind of, I, I don't know. Can we ever forgive him for like splitting up with Anna Faris as well do you know what I mean like come on like is he is he dating is he married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter or something crazy like that like uh this isn't gossip but this isn't TMZ <laughs> pod or anything like that but uh, it's I think it's I don't know I think it is an oversaturation right and he's done some he's done some real stinkers and played some real like don't know like yeah there's that massively problematic film he did with jennifer lawrence passengers right? yeah which is kind of like this uh oh i'm gonna do both both of our lives because i want to get in your knickers like <laughs> movie and it's like oh like it's kind of got some real dark connotations to it you think yeah they, they i'm not going into it but if you read about it, i think he as a person is there's problematic things about him which maybe people take it against that his certain he's got certain beliefs that maybe other people aren't on board with. I'm sure you can read in you can read about that, but I think that's a reason people take it against him as well. So I think there is a bit of a but it's the same as anyone anyone who's massively popular. There's a backlash against him against them. So yeah, and I think it's that thing as well. Like when you see him on Parks and Rec, he's like more chubby, like funny guy and stuff like that. But he kind of has this air of like when he kind of got buff and stuff like that and became a leading man, it's like, oh, he's not like, he's not kind of like broken like through the through the wall and kind of is like championing for us guys anymore so, so much. He's kind of like, he's kind of in with the in crowd and he's there now pointing fun at the kind of like the Joe Schmoes like that he used to, do you know what I mean? That he's kind of, persona was so it kind of i don't know almost like dilutes that kind of nice guy persona funny like chubby guy yeah, was, but, do you know what i mean it's when like, you're a bit smug and that's your thing when you're a bit tubby is fine but when you're ripped to the tits and being smug i don't like it to me i guess it, yeah it, yeah it, it kind of comes into that thing i know you're a comedy fan will with that like if somebody is kind of plays high status, but they're kind of like they have no right to play high status, do you know what I mean? exactly. Like, yeah, in, in regards to being like, I'm better than you, but like, I don't know, you're a schlubby looking guy up on stage. Whereas if you're ripped to shit and kind of like perfect teeth, you know, a lot of I, I guess exactly. it's that kind of divide between British comedy and American comedy, where it's like they kind of get on stage going, like, Hey, I just fucked. 10 10 tens this week aren't i great like whereas like british co co comedians would get on stage and kind of be like oh, I've, I've, I've slept with a woman in four years do you know what i mean and it's kind of like i don't know is, is that, that i probably could have come up with a better example no, no, it's true it's and like, like yeah. it's just it is that thing of like yeah when someone comes on stage and talking about for instance garlic bread frozen garlic bread and you think fuck off mate you haven't eaten eaten frozen garlic bread in about 10 years 
<laughs> Ditto's of frozen garlic bread, the ivy. Shut up. Do you know what I mean? That, it, you kind of <laughs> lose... It, it's just not funny anymore. Oh. So that's where the smugness is. Oh. Yeah, the basically, the bitter he gets, the less I like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to a question I have for you guys. Is Do dinosaurs deserve the same right as endangered animals? Russell, you got any points on that? They deserve more rights because they're cooler. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think the film really grapples with that idea at all because, I, I most of the Jurassic Park sequels aren't really that interested in any of like the intelligent stuff in Jurassic Park. They just want the rampaging dinosaurs. Um, I don't know how you would grapple if we actually brought dinosaurs back and they're an endangered species, like. I don't know how we would like work that. Would we have to set up zoos everywhere? Like you get farm animal parks around the world that are just where like endangered elephants. Yeah, like are. sanctuaries, you need right? Because that that's death? what that's what the promise of um, Eli Mills is, right? Is and and yeah. uh, James Cromwell's character is. They have got this <laughs> another mysterious, perfect <laughs> island out in the middle of like nowhere that they can create a sanctuary that has got this perfect ecosystem for them all to live and they don't need gates or walls and stuff like that. They yeah. can all live out this, this utopian like existence. <laughs> um, whereas like, uh, yeah, the kind of, I guess, I don't know, time will only tell with dominion if they kind of, yeah, I guess the whole premise of that is the ramifications of dinosaurs running amok on planet earth. Right. Maybe let's see what happens. If that's what it could be, but it might be another island somewhere where there are dinosaurs. I fear they might go for there's another tropical island with another bunch of dinosaurs that you have to go to. That's where I fear it might go. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what you do. Maybe you have to kill all the um, carnivores because you can't have T Rexes rampaging round. Like you can't be like to various cities you can't go out there's a curfew on because there's a t-rex around so don't go out between 9 p.m and 9 a.m whilst we deal with this t-rex uh <laughs> but yeah i i do they deserve the same right probably not because they're probably just objects at this point they're just, they're just... yeah i guess it's the <laughs> as as uh ian malcolm says they had their time and nature decided that their time was at an end, so maybe we shouldn't keep dinosaurs around because they've had their time. We can put in laws in place to prevent us from cloning them again, but probably shouldn't keep them around. Yeah, I guess we can kind of, I don't know, like, what would, like, make a really interesting kind of sub-story to this, and you could kind of, like, transplant the kind of uh, pig creature that is in it for a dinosaur and kind of implant Okja into like the world of of Jurassic Park because that is a film that kind of like deals yeah. with them that that kind of the meteor uh, excuse the pun like aspects <laughs> of what the of what this film flirts with like with that kind of like commodifying something right and that's yeah. what they've kind of done with dinosaurs they've commodified it they've kind of I don't know without yeah they're making them like almost household items or stuff that, that guys with twiddly must you know what I mean Texans with twiddly mustaches and kind of um paint by numbers Russian mobsters can bid for <laughs> at, at, at their pleasure. Um 
Yeah, it'd be far more interesting if there was like this was Beethoven, but with a Stegosaurus. Yeah. Like, yeah, that w- I mean, I might make that. That sounds like a fun film. But yeah, like Okja is a far more interesting exploration of can genetically engineered animals have rights, and what is it that what is their relationship with the corporation that created them and the humans that took them in and brought them up and showed them love and affection. I mean, Okja is a far better film than this. I like this film. I think Okja is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. That's the difference here. Okja changed my way of thinking about meat. Like, I don't think a Jurassic Park film, I don't know, (laughs) that's kind of from from Jurassic Park onwards, I've gone, I'd be pretty fucking scary to be in close vicinity to any dinosaur. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's like (laughs) any of them. Do you know what I mean? Even the the nice, like, yeah, Diplodocuses and like, yeah, they're still fucking massive. And just accidentally could crush me at any moment. Like, uh, what about you, Will? Have you got any strong thoughts on the, the rights of dinosaurs? I haven't seen Okja. Is that bad? Should I watch it? I, th- I probably should, shouldn't I? Okja's great. It's on Netflix and it's great. It's, but it'll make you question. Yeah, yeah this is it. So, what you and I haven't seen Okja, <laughs> but I was just thinking basically, would I eat a dinosaur? Mm. Yeah, what, 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 sub question there what would be what, what do you reckon would be the, the the best dinosaur to eat let's let's go down that avenue mm. I, I reckon the, the big fishy one battered would be all right yeah, <laughs> yeah big fishy one. catch it first wouldn't Ooh, you yeah. uh, well the babies i don't mean that that's awful um <laughs> no i wouldn't eat a dinosaur of course it would that'd be totally terrible um What's the one that the kid rides on in the Jurassic World? There's like a oh, kids can ride kids. dinosaurs, and they seem pretty small, small and easy to tasty. catch. Eat them, yeah, not pretty, yeah, yeah. Couple of pints, um, <laughs> dinosaur in a pit, there, lovely, lovely stuff. Well, um, and and uh, another question I had for you guys was when when in this franchise did the T Rex become a good guy? Like it's obviously yeah. like. Uh, it's... It's kind of, yeah, well, is, could somebody pinpoint Russell? Can you pinpoint the, the time when? Uh, it is the third one because at that point they add um, a, another meat eater that is bigger and scarier and toothier, and that is the point. The point when the franchise starts adding bigger meat eaters is when the T Rex becomes the good one, and they do it. It's kind of the Velociraptors as well. Like in the first one, the Velociraptors are terrifying, and by this point, like in the Next one, we're meant to go on a journey to find their baby. I'm like, but it's a Velociraptor. Velociraptors are bad. <laughs> We've watched them be bad. Come on, guys. So, yeah, the T-Rex, it's probably the third one. Um, <laughs> but maybe even at the end of the second one, because at the end of the second one, yes, it's rampaging around the city, but it's just to find its kid. And it kills the asshole um, head of InGen at that point. It's like, hey, go T-Rex, you killed him. So maybe it's at that point that it kind of like, like with the Halloween franchise, when you start cheering on Myers, it's kind of there's the problem. Maybe is that like if we're cheering on the T Rex and if we want to spend time with the Velociraptors because they're nice and friendly, that's where the franchise has kind of gone wrong. And it feels, especially in this film, that the T Rex is used almost as like a get out of jail free card. If the writers have kind of like got themselves in a corner, it's like. How are they going to get out of this situation with this dinosaur that, like, is kind of hell-bent on killing them? Like, that kind of horned T-Rex that we see on the island. It's like, 
oh, we got old Teddy, we got old Teddy Rex like rocking up. Do you know what I mean? We got we got Theodore Rex. He's coming to save the day. And then then it kind of ha- like they use it as that kind of fake out at the end where you think that uh, a certain dinosaur is going to kill um, uh, Rafe Spall's character, and then it's the T Rex who gets to kind of like, no, I'm the one who gets to dish out justice here. Um, right, should we? Yeah, let's start to wrap this up. Uh, so before we start to start to put this to bed, um, let, is there any kind of bugbears you have with this film, or any points that we haven't mentioned that you you would like to kind of air now? Will, let's start with you. I think I mentioned it's it's Chris Pratt. <laughs> I just I, I'm just not bored with Chris Pratt in this film. I. I the relationship between him and Bryce Dallas Howard doesn't. There's the chemistry's not good, but Chris Pratt. I just, I feel like I'm jumping on a Chris Pratt hating bandwagon, but I'm not. I just don't. He doesn't work for me in this film Chill when he becomes him. the action hero, and it's all a bit, like I said, a bit <clears throat> same. You've seen it all before when it's the McLean situation where they started off a reasonably normal and have just become this all jumps, all kicks action hero and. Yeah, I mean, there's other stuff in this film that doesn't work, but I I have fun with that. I mean, there's lots of stuff in this film that doesn't work, but you can have fun with it. But yeah, Chris Pratt gets on my nerves. And like, yeah, I feel like we haven't talked about Bryce Dallas Howard a lot in this. Like, like I don't know. Like, she kind of feels like she's there a lot of the time, but doesn't feel like she gets a lot to do. Right? I think she's probably served better in this one no. than. Uh-huh. Yes. Jurassic World, but again, she's just there. Yeah. It's uh it's I don't know. It is a it is a problem with right? Yeah. Kind of like we can we can only hope that Dominion kind of like I don't know. Feels like there's gonna be a lot of balls in the air with that one, you know what I mean? With the kind of the cast <laughs> they've introduced, like I'm not sure whether yeah, um uh, Franklin and uh, Zia are back in Dominion as well. It looks like there's other people that, like kind of introduced as well, and it looks like obviously we've got the original three coming back. It's uh, I don't know, like slight slight trepidation I'd say, yeah. for, 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 for for Dominion. Uh, what about you, Russ? Is there any kind of um, points that we haven't haven't addressed that you would like to do so before we wrap up? Uh, I, I think her performance is interesting, but I do like that Geraldine Chaplin is in this, and it links back to the orphanage, which is, uh, will always haunt me and will always upset me. So that's Jay Bayona's debut. Um, I like Isabel Sermon in this. She plays Maisie, and I think she plays Maisie well. Like I actually think it's quite a strong performance. Whilst I think that the film can never quite unwrap the whole cloning stuff with her. Like it never. It never quite knows what to do with her. I like that she releases the dinosaurs. I, I've seen that on Twitter recently that it's ridiculous that the dinosaurs get released. But I think we deserve to have the dinosaurs released upon us. We are not good people. And so having dinosaurs rampaging around is probably what we deserve. Um, I mentioned it briefly. But again, B.D. Wong's journey through these this franchise is absurd to me. <laughs> and I want a film between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World to see how he became this 
kind of odd character that he is. Mm. Like he's quite an odd character just in there to be the man who played God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a bit like, he's the personification of Ian Malcolm's kind of, uh, speech right from the first one where it's, uh, yeah. Too busy thinking whether if you, yeah, if you could think about if you should like do this and like, but it would be like if Dodson, who is the chap who Dennis meets, to be handed the can to take the embryos, if he popped up, I don't think the actor is. I think the actor went to prison. I don't know what for. Um, but if that character popped up as the big villain, you're like, but you're in one scene. How has this happened? What's the story here? Um, I don't think Bryce Dallas Howard is fine. I. I I think her and Pratt have no chemistry yeah. and what? I don't quite understand how we've got three films that those characters like having a love story in the middle. Cause it's not really a love story. They're not. When they kiss, either. I was like, I don't buy this. Like what, why is this here? It, 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 it felt <laughs> like they're just. And like, there's a bit right at the start box. where the bar and they're reminiscing like they're old friends. Like, no, no, you didn't like each other in the first film. You went through something together. I don't think you'd have done anything else. You meant to have dated for a bit. I don't, by that mm-hmm. you're not old friends don't treat this like old friends you should treat it like two business two co-workers or former co-workers <laughs> coming together because that's what it is and it would be more interesting if there was no romantic yeah. energy there they just came together to do their job which is to rescue dinosaurs um it feels insulting to audiences right that like oh you need this you need this romantic like subplot for you to be invested in this and it's like yeah. No, I've worked. I've I've worked with plenty of people that like if if the job requires it, I will get along with them. But like, I don't. I mean, I don't have to be like, oh, we're we're, we're in love for for me to do that job. Do you know what I mean? If I was put in a situation where there's dinosaurs running around, it doesn't matter if I'm with like the one of the worst like colleagues I've ever had. I'm still gonna like. The, do yeah. do what do what I've got to do to to make the situation better. Do you know what I mean? I'm not gonna be like, fuck yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I just I take that back. Actually, there's probably some people I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would do what I do what Toby Jones does and push him in the way of a dinosaur. <laughs> again, I said it before. He's great in this. I would gladly have Toby Jones pop up in more blockbusters as the characters here. Um. I kind of wish that in the first Jurassic World, they'd set Chris Pratt up and then halfway through they'd killed him off and Jake Johnson had become like the lead. And like it'd been like this beat halfway through Jurassic World where we'd spent all this time with Chris Pratt being the hero and then he died. I'd be on board with that. And it would make it more interesting. Like that's not to feed into the Chris Pratt hate because loving him Parks and Rex, think he's adorable in Parks and Rex. Don't want him in anything else right now, but that's because of saturation. Um, yeah, perfect. Well, that yeah, that feels like a good place to wrap up on this. And I, before before I let you guys go, I just want to ask: Is this like is this? Yeah, where does this rank for you in the kind of pantheon of Jurassic Park films? Uh, Will, where do, is this like? Just give, if you've got it out there, what is your ranking of the Jurassic Park films? I was thinking about today. It, obviously, Jurassic Park is Jurassic Park is my favourite. I'd probably go Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Ooh. Jurassic Park Three, Fallen Kingdom, Lost World. 
which is weird because two of my favourite bits in all the Jurassic Park franchise are in, Jurassic, in Lost World, but I mostly hate it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Russell? Uh, so obviously the original is like head and shoulders above everything else. It's above every film for me, so it's unfair to the sequels. Then Jurassic Park 3, because I think it's fun and silly and stupid. And I think the Spinosaurus is probably the only time they've had like a supersized dinosaur that I think's good. Like I think the Spinosaurus is is a really fun inclusion and kind of scary in its own way. Like how it's just always seems to pop up at the wrong moment for the characters. And that's really well used. Then it is Fallen Kingdom. Not because I think it's better than Jurassic World, but because I have more fun with it. I, I, I think Fallen Kingdom is a better film, but I have less fun with it. And I've watched it back several times now, and I have less and less fun each time. So that's my number four is, is Jurassic World. And then as of Will, The Lost World is my least favourite because I only like two things about that film, and that's the sequence in The Long Grass, which is exceptional. Yeah. It's an That's exceptional it. sequence. And Pete Pofferswaite, yes. who's the hunter in it, and he is such a good character and is so better than everyone else in that film and has this really interesting journey in it where he goes from being this incredibly capable hunter to deciding to never hunt again because of his journey through that film. And the rest of the film is just stupid and mean people doing mean things <laughs> yeah I, I don't like the glass world. sequence in Lost World is, I, I think is the glass one bits, of my favourite yeah. normal franchise but like as you said the rest of it is not good and it's just very mean spirited yeah. of all of them like we talk about that bit in Jurassic World where the, the assistant has the horrid oh. death like Lost World is full of those moments like the bit where the Eddie gets ripped apart by two T-Rexes is so mean-spirited the bit where the guy has a snake go down his back and runs out into out of the water and you see the blood come down it just feels mean-spirited to me in a way that Jurassic Park isn't and like yeah so I have a lot of fun with I have fun with all of these films but The Lost World is one I had the least fun with well I, I, I will possibly do my ranking when it comes to the Jurassic Park Dominion episode and I like to my shame i haven't watched lost world or jurassic park 3 in a in a hot minute so i can't i can't really fully rank them i know people <laughs> might be tuning in to hear my ranking of the jurassic park films as if that's something i'm known for i don't know but uh having seen we've probably talked about this film more than anyone probably has in the, unless they made it um are you having gone through this journey are you more or less excited for dominion obviously you've both opening day going to see it but yeah the feeling still strong for you will yes i'm being positive yes yes yeah, that's what we want, that's what we want. Uh, yeah positive it's going to be great chris pratt's going to die it's going to be excellent maybe i think i think i think i think, I think you're going to be disappointed yeah that's not going to happen yeah. but no i do it i am i i i am looking forward to it because the legacy guys are back and it's uh, the final Jurassic Park film. It's not, but it's the final <laughs> this trilogy is absolutely not, is it? But yeah, so I am, I'm looking forward to it. I'm positive. It's going to be great. I'm not going to read about you, Russ. <laughs> um, I always enjoy watching a Jurassic Park film when I first see it. So I'm fairly certain that whatever state dominion is, I'll enjoy it. 
and then I'll pick it apart. <laughs> like I'll be like, "That's dumb. That's stupid. Why are the humans doing that? Don't like that bit. Why is this evil corporation doing it? What is BD Wong doing now in this film? Like, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know if excited is the right word. Like, so like my favorite film of the year is not a film that I was excited for. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. That's my favorite film of the year. And I wasn't excited for it. I had no, no hype for it particularly beyond that people talked about it. And it blew my mind. And like, it's above the last film I was excited for, which is the Batman, which I love, but that's the last film I got excited yeah. for. I kind of like, I try and not get excited about films because, you know, we've all watched the rise of Skywalker and been crushed by it. So, you know, everything with a pinch of salt, but I will absolutely be watching Dominion and probably loving all the dinosaur bits and Chris Pat ain't going to die. I suspect I know some, I, I fear one of the legacy characters is going to die. Oh, if, 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 if we've, if legacy sequels have taught us anything, of course that's going to yeah. happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm sure. Yeah. Which one is the Harrison Ford? Yeah, I'm sure time? someone's written it. It was in their contract, right? It's kind of like, I'm coming back, but for this time, never again. And we need to make sure it's never again, okay? Uh, well, I'm sure you guys, uh, yeah, won't die off in this uh, episode and probably will come back on this podcast at some point. But where can people keep up to date with everything you're doing? As, yeah, as I said to you guys before recording, it may be at the beginning of this episode. I can't remember. It's been, it was like it's been such a long time. But um, your your Jurassic Park connection series was fantastic. Kind of going into the the connective tissue between the Jurassic Park films, where people's careers were before, and what they'd done around the similar time. Um, yeah, Russell, where can people listen to that podcast and all the other stuff that you do? <laughs> with uh not just for kids so you can find uh, so not just for kids is on every platform you can find it where you listen to this uh if you search for jurassic park connections and that you get i think we did 14 episodes of that we covered the editors the writers the director of photography the stars we covered films like halloween free season of the witch top of my mum will shoot basic instinct uh westworld the thing yeah kind of it was a lot of films that i've always won't cover on my podcast my cover my podcast is about family films the films you grew up with and i will rarely get to talk about john carpenter <laughs> so that was part of it um yeah and will is on all of those episodes and we chat about all those films and it was great to like go off and like watch the exodus 3 because samuel l jackson is in it but he's in it for about 10 seconds and he's dubbed <laughs> and so it's like oh well that's a yeah and it's Perfect. yeah all these I, fascinating things i remember listening to your conversation on that and i was like i feel your pain having done a, a nicholas cage like complete retrospective rewatch and being like oh I've had to watch uh, a 90 minute film when Nicolas Cage is on screen for 12 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but I mean, The Exodus 3 is a great film. Like, it's like, I loved The Exodus yeah. 3, and I think it's like in like one of my top sequels ever because it's yeah. so in itself, it's great. But I'll connect the connection to Jurassic Park is so slim and so like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, yeah. So if people want to continue the conversation, like, where can people find you on socials? Oh, yeah. My Twitter. So. Uh, for the podcast, it's adults to pod because I think there's a not just for kids somewhere that's taken that. And my personal one is Russ loves movies. I tweet out lots of nonsense, 
and occasionally it's politics, often it's films, and I tweet out everything I write and all the podcasts I go on. I'm going on more podcasts, which is fun, <laughs> but it's like, I don't think people listen to my own podcast because they invite me in their podcast and I waffle on about stuff. So I'm a bit like, hey, don't hey, do that. You, you but suffer yeah. from the podcaster problem, my friend. Uh, we all think, we all, we, we all think nobody's listening. Um, we're not making an impact, but we definitely are. And, uh, yeah. There's dozens yeah, of exactly, us. Exactly, we're, we're all scratching each other's backs. Uh, well, yeah, you're 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 always a busy boy uh, appearing on podcasts. Where can people find you? And like when you do crop up on podcasts, where's the best place to catch you? Yeah, I mainly use Twitter at Will Chich. I just appear on other people's podcasts. Like I say, Russell has kindly had me on for the Jurassic Park connections, and because of him, I got to watch Stop on my mom and shoot. And I'm still a little bit angry about it, um, <laughs> but it's. it's it's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I've appeared with Russell on that address park connection. So and just, yeah, find me at Will Chitch where I'm popping up on other people's podcasts, basically. Well, guys, thank you for coming and joining me and making a non Coppola connection. Yeah, make, uh, making a, a non connection. Uh, just a, a nice little bridge between Jurassic World and Jurassic World Dominion. Thank you again for joining me. Fuck that. And there we go. That was tons of fun. I'm sure you will agree. Thanks again to russell and will for joining me uh do be sure to check out on the not just for kids uh, channel they've done a full kind of uh jurassic park slash jurassic world retrospective that we mentioned in this episode that is out now it's a great kind of dive into it and um it's amazing to hear will absolutely lose his fucking mind over dominion a film that i'm yet to see and yet to cover on this podcast but obviously <laughs> all roads from this lead to that um obviously yeah i've been suffering with covid um and i mentioned last week that i've kind of been in a bit of a a bit of a hole of just watching films upon films upon films kind of mentioned about my william friedkin dipped a toe in his films uh i spent most of the week watching brian de palma films uh which uh, will be in good stead if you're over on the Patreon. You can uh, join the Movie Brat Bros tier and you can listen to the season we have going on there about Brian De Palma at the moment. But yeah, what Brian De Palma films have I watched? So first time watchers, I watched The Fury, Sisters, Obsession, Bonfire of the Vanities, um, The Black Dahlia. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, there's a couple more kind of penciled in uh, he's quickly become my most watched director of all time i think uh, like something like 17 18 films of penciled in to watch um oh, what's the one uh, there's a couple uh, domino and something else i can't remember the title off the top of my head but yeah i've been watching a lot of brian de palma watched watch some, watch some great stuff watched Wrath of Man I thought that was really fun I also watched Cop Shop oh, what a what, what a load of fun that is what a load of daft fun 
Cop Shop was. Yeah, just been been watching a lot of films. Um, I spent one day just playing through The Last Guardian on PlayStation 4. Uh, a beautiful, beautifully rendered game. Uh, very touching, very emotional, very lovely. Just hanging out with a big dog bird creature. Yes, please. Uh, just wandering around. Yeah, had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, as for next week on the podcast, I cannot tell you who it is with because um, I had to postpone the recording of this episode. I don't want to jinx anything until it's recorded, but I'm recording a face-off interview special to people who were involved in the film. Um, and yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun um, get some insight into how that film was made and yeah obviously that will be coming out next monday the 25th anniversary of that film i cannot quite believe that it's 25 years old uh funnily enough today as i'm recording this um i received the novelization of face off which is written by clark colton based on the script by mike werb and michael Kaliri. so um the reason i bought the novelization is soon enough there will be a caged in book club over on book club book club over on patreon where week by week i'll be reading a couple of chapters of different uh, well season by season i'll be doing uh, a chapter yeah a couple of chapters a week of a different nicholas cage film novelization we'll be kicking off with ghost rider and uh, that'll be a lot of fun it will basically act as like a annotated audio book me just kind of reading along talking my thoughts out as i'm reading probably fumbling it's gonna be totally unedited if if, if i mess up a line it's staying in if i uh if if i mispronounce something i'll go back over it it'll be okay it'll be a lot of fun yeah that will be a part of the five pound um yeah it's gonna be a weekly podcast so you're gonna get you're gonna get loads so yeah the 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 novelizations i've already got that uh, i've either physically or are coming uh, so have Ghost Rider, Face Off, got the Con Air one coming, Wind Talkers, and then uh, I'm trying to track down a copy. The only copy I could find is French, and I cannot read French. But Snake Eyes, so that would um, that would tie in perfectly for Movie Brat Bros with the De Palma stuff, and obviously Nicolas Cage. So yeah, that's coming soon to Patreon. So keep your ears and eyes out for that. The best way to keep an eye out for stuff that's happening on the podcast on all the socials. So that is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, and TikTok. All at Caged In Pod. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, uh, all of those are perfect places to do so. Or you can drop me an email, which is cagedinpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast and don't want to part with your money and join the Patreon, that is absolutely fine. A way you can support this podcast is heading over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this right now, and leaving a lovely five-star rating and review. Uh, Remember, in your reviews, always let me know what Bill Murray says to Scott Johansson at the end of Lost in Translation. So... 
as always, guys, I have been Petrus Pat Syllabus, your guide to the crazy world of the Coppola family tree. Remember to keep it caged in, and I'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged in Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.